Okay, the buttery voice that led us in prayer, that was Brian Clark, missionary from London, to London. Uh, He is now in Kansas City for the next year and a half uh, on furlough. He is with us here at MBT. He's actually gonna be traveling a lot. He's gotta go see all of the, the, the churches also He's praying for opportunities in other churches. He needs to raise support um, by an order of magnitude over this next year and a half, okay? They have been operating at, in, 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 a, in, in a deficit for how long, Brian? You got the mic? Yeah. <laughs> 20 this, years. 20 years? <laughs> that's not the church's fault. That, that's, that's a lot of deficit. Yeah, yeah, but 20 years is it the, de- but how long have you been there? Uh, about 20 years. <laughs> no, no, in London. Yeah, 20 years. Has it been 20? <laughs> Has it been 20 years? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, about 21. Oh my goodness, time is flying. You know, it's weird, I'll see people on TV and I'm like, that's an old man, and my son Seth will be like, he looks younger than you. <laughs> I mean, Time is flying, it's amazing. Okay, so would you pray that this would be a season of rest even though there's gonna be times where, they, where, where, where he'll, you know, they'll need to work, right? He's, he's gotta fundraise and, and um, wouldn't it be awesome if all the support that he needed just came right out of this local church and he didn't have to travel all over the place looking for it? We ought, we ought to pray for MBT as well, amen? Can we do that right now? Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name, and Lord, we pray for your blessing on the Clark family, the investment that they've made, and the church that is now functioning to win souls and make disciples, to train and equip others to do the same. Lord, it's a marvelous thing. Lord, you've used them to be a great blessing in England, and Lord, they're gonna trust you to go back and to do it again, And so, Lord, we pray that this next year and a half will be so restful, so, so, such a time of rejoicing and recharging uh, that they'll be so grateful. Lord, would you bless them in their new home? Would you bless them uh, in their spiritual home right now here at MBT? Would you bless them in the relationships that need to be strengthened and the new ones that need to be made? Lord, would you deal with us, every member of MBT, Lord, how would you have us to play a part in them going back? Uh, Lord, we pray that, that, that they, they shouldn't continue to operate at a deficit. That is the church's fault. And so, Lord, help us to clearly hear your voice. Um, Lord, we wanna, we wanna be a part of what you're doing, and, and we don't wanna get in the way. Um, at the same time, other churches need to be a part. And, and so, Lord, we're just trusting you to orchestrate all of that. But Lord, for our part, we wanna be obedient. And so Lord, speak to our hearts. Lead us for your glory, uh, but also for the good of the Clarks. Uh, We pray it all in Jesus' name. Lord, would you bless our time in your word? Help us to get these ministry, these really just what are biblical principles for ministry, for for our approach uh, to the work that you've called us to. And uh, we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you don't have a handout, you can put your hand up and the team will get you hooked up. 
So this is the wrap up. This is the final principle. Ministry principle number nine is we minister in light of spiritual realities. Uh, in some ways, okay, we were, you know, I remember when Pastor Best and I were first talking through all of these, we, we said that last principle needs to double as a catch-all. <laughs> we need a catch-all principle uh, because the Bible is so full of responses to issues that come, inevitably come up. You, you know, if you come up with all of the biz- biblical principles and try to enumerate them, uh, you're gonna have a list longer than your arm and, and, and really it, it ceases to be functional or practical or tactical uh, for people working in ministry. And so we needed a short list, but we needed one list, we needed one item on that list to have a lot of capacity. And so this is it, okay, in some ways, This principle functions as a catch-all, but here it is in a nutshell. You wanna get this down in your notes. You're going through life, you're serving the Lord, you're following after Christ, you're endeavoring to minister his word into the lives of other people. And what will happen is in that busyness, sometimes you can lose sight of what is biblical reality, what is biblical truth. We cannot allow ourselves to forget What is biblically true? We have to minister in light of what the Word of God says. And so this principle, okay, this principle ends the list um, as much as anything else, it's to reinforce the principle of our need to be accountable to the Word of God. Uh, The Word of God is speaking, are we hearing? The Word of God is promising, are we believing? The Word of God is, I mean, God is faithfully keeping His Word Are we willing to walk in those promises? We cannot forget that the Word of God, that's what defines our reality, not what we think, not what's going on around us, not what we feel. The Word of God defines our reality and the the reality is, is we're in a spiritual battle. Uh, In the spiritual battle that, that God's Word says that we're in, we have to cling to God's truths or we'll get swallowed up. I'll give you a, this is, you know, as we, from the beginning, this is the foremost example that we've given and, and, and I don't think it, I think it's so critical that, that, that I didn't wanna come up with anything else on this point, uh, this particular point. Um, here's a spiritual reality. God's with you. That's always true for the believer. God is with you, God is with us. I mean, it's his name, Matthew 1, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And what a beautiful name, Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God, God, the God who is with you, that's his name. Well, I feel abandoned by God. I feel like God's forgotten about me. That is a lie out of the pit of hell. Why are you listening to that? Well, that's what I feel. Well, your feelings are a liar and they're in league with the devil. Why are you listening to them? That is a lie out of the pit of hell. Don't let Satan convince you that your feelings have more authority than the word of God does. Don't do that. What God said to us in his his word trumps what you're feeling in your present circumstances. God is with you. The part you don't like is he's willing to let you take up your cross and suffer with him. That's the, part we don't, that's the part we don't like. Now we can never forget that we have a very powerful enemy. First Peter chapter five, verse eight, 
says we're to be sober, we're to be vigilant because our adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Okay, God is with us but the devil, this is another spiritual reality that we can never forget. The devil is always looking to destroy us. We are absolutely engaged in a spiritual battle in Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on, you better get dressed for your work day, right? Put on the whole armor, too many Christians running around naked. The whole armor of God, put it on, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? Because you're in a wrestling match. Everything's hanging in the balance. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we do wrestle against something, someone, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The person sitting next to you is not your enemy. Some Christian who talked trash on you, that's not your enemy. I mean, to the extent, I mean, that principle carries so far uh, to the extent that we know no man after the flesh. Anybody that has faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's your, that's your brother, that's your sister. You don't know them after who they are and how they operate in their flesh. That's not who they are. Their identity is in Christ, and Christ made us one. Well, they're not, they're not treating me like we're one. Well, that's their fault. Shouldn't change your view. Shouldn't change how you feel. Never deign, never get so full of yourself that your feelings supplant God's promises. What a trap. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We do wrestle, but, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we can never forget, this is a spiritual reality. You are always under attack, always. Now sometimes Satan will use a brother or sister to execute that attack. And uh, man, I mean, you know, if Jesus can hang on the cross of Calvary and say, I mean, he's being butchered by creation and the creator is saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You have the capacity, I'm telling you biblically, you have the capacity to look past the brother or sister that hurt you and recognize that the enemy just means it for your damage, for your hurt, and you're not gonna fall for it. We're always under attack. You know, if you forget that Satan wants to destroy you, then you're ripe for attack, you're ripe uh, you're ripe for being taken by surprise and being entrapped and, 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 and then forgetting the promises and you start following your feeling and then the next thing you know, you're derailed in your walk. So again, let me just say this. In the battle, in the fog of battle, right, in the midst of the work, sometimes we forget what is biblically true and we have to stop that. Because if we, get, if we forget what's biblically true, then we're in danger of reacting through discouragement, uh, doubt, depression, fear. If we lose sight of the fact that God is with us, can I just tell you, <laughs> if I didn't believe that God was with me, there is no way I would have endeavored to try to plant a church in the hood. I've told you this before, I'm a hillbilly. That's my pedigree. I grew up in the Ozark Mountains. Okay, where I grew up, now it's as cosmopolitan, Walmart changed, southwest Missouri, northwest Arkansas. The nations are just 
three and a half hours south of us. Okay, but when I was growing up, it was rednecks as far as the eye could see. You could travel for hours, and all you're going to run into is rednecks. Okay, I grew up, I grew up wearing overalls, a straw hat. In the summer months, I ran bare feet through the Ozark Mountains. Okay, I'm as hillbilly, I'm, that's my pedigree. I'm as hillbilly as you can get. And the Lord burdened my heart to make disciples in the urban core. I'm so ignorant, I don't know where the urban core is in Kansas City. I've been living in this town for 15, 20 years, whatever it was at the time. And, and uh, so I just bought a metro map, folded it twice, and then put a push pin right where the lines intersected. That was on that map. That was 40th and Main. <laughs> so I just started praying over that push pin and the, the, the one mile radius around it. Lord, I know you're calling me to make disciples in the urban core. Uh, once I got the green light to do it, I drove to the push pin, 40th and, 40th and Main, and I'm like, okay, God, here I am. Now what? I need a place to start a Bible study, and that's how we ended up here. We started here. Can I just tell you, if you were a part of those early days, you remember we had to haul all that equipment in, set it up for nobody to come visit? And then we got to clean the building, or we clean the building, set up, clean the building again, tear down. Uh, week after week, we're just laboring for nothing. And, and then we, we end up on Sunday morning, and that's when the devil started placing voicemails into the church. I mean, it wasn't the devil. Uh, it was some dude. Might as well have been the devil. There's a, I mean, it's like the devil called up and left me voicemail messages. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Who do you, like the voicemail messages would, would literally go like this. I don't know who you think you are, but these are not your people. This is not your town. Get out. These are my people. You can't have them. I'm like, okay, the devil's pretty riled up <laughs> that a hillbilly is trying to make disciples in the urban core. I think that's his problem. I know God is with me. I don't think the Lord's with that dude. I think that's somebody else. And so help me God by his grace. I will be here long after that cat is gone. Winning souls, making disciples, equipping people. We're gonna trust God to rock the nations from the hood. I haven't run into that guy and I used to see this guy that left the voicemail messages on the street. Man, I'd just be as sweet to him as I could be. I'd invite him to church. <laughs> I'm thinking if he ever shows up, I'm gonna trust the Lord to preach the devil out of that dude. <laughs> Uh, I haven't seen him in over 10 years. We're still here preaching the gospel, making disciples, equipping. Okay, why? Because a hillbilly is so outfitted, so equipped to be so successful in the urban core? No way, no how. Uh, there's not much to me, but the God that I serve, he is mighty. He is my Emmanuel. He is with me. I can never forget that. You know, you're going to face rough stuff. If you're going to get serious about serving the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to go through. You're, God, God will let you peek behind the cover, and he will, let you, he will let you enter into the fellowship of his suffering. And people that you love will stab you in the back. People that you're, try, you're just trying to reach will revile you circumstances will happen to you. A tree will fall on your house and take out your garage. You just, get, you just, give, you just, just have a baby and you lose your job. I mean, like, God lets these things happen to show you he's with you. 
Yeah, it feels like, it feels like, I, I mean, man, I thank God for David's testimony. He, every, every, every point of lack, every point of disaster, okay, Lord, you're just gonna take care of this. Why? He knows God's with him. And sure enough, God's with him. Thank God he lost his job because he got a lot better one. <laughs> I'm, I'm trusting that the house is gonna be remodeled far better than it would have been on the original plan. I'm praying that the tree plan just, just does exceeding abundantly above all you ever thought you were gonna do with that property. But, you know, God's not, God's not promising prosperity. He's not prom- promising riches to any of us. He's promising to be with us. And he will provide our need. He's a promise-keeping God. Now, if you forget that, I mean, you forget that, then you'll react in discouragement, doubt, fear, and then you'll quit. You know, the Lord allows these things to happen. First Peter chapter four, verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in so much as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. What a privilege. He's with us, let's be with him. That when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. Think about what Pastor Mike's going through right now in, in Living Faith Boston and they're losing, they, they have to be out of the church by the end of the year because they've got a faith-based view of God's word and, and they find the certainty of the words of truth in their King James Bible. And that's offensive to the church that rents their building. I mean, every word is true, is evil spoken of. God's just moving them. He's gonna let them go through a rough time. It'll be hard. But he'll see them through to keep winning souls, making disciples, and training and equipping people, training and equipping people to do the same. I, I, I want you to see this, okay? The only way the devil wins is if you quit. The only way the devil wins is if you believe your feelings over his promises. So what the liar is gonna do, he's gonna accuse and slander you until you do quit. That's his objective. So never forget that, that's a spiritual reality. He's always, trying to give you the right set of circumstances, the right scenario where you think it's not worth it and you quit and you just go live for yourself. You just go live the way you want, how you want, with who you want. Thumb your nose at his word. He didn't meet my expectations and so I'm gonna now do my own thing. That's the only way Satan wins. It's a great encouragement to know that we are of God you're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What a promise. I mean, God gave us himself. We have the Lord Jesus Christ. He dwells in our heart through faith. He's made us overcomers. Here's the bottom line. We have to always be moving forward in ministry together in light of what the Word of God says, what it reveals about the spiritual realities around us. And we need to agree with it. So get this down in your notes. We need to personally practice and be accountable 
to biblical reckoning. I need to just agree with God over what's true. And so a great example of this in terms of our salvation or who we are in Christ, you can see it in Romans chapter six. Uh, Jesus died, verse 10 says, in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So just like Christ died once, but he's now eternally alive, verse 11, likewise, just like that, likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, I just sinned, I just sinned a few minutes ago. I don't feel like I'm very dead to sin. Well, in your flesh <laughs> dwelleth no good thing, okay? In your flesh, all you're ever gonna do is sin. Your identity is not tied to who you are in the flesh. Your identity is in Christ. This is why all the flesh is ever gonna do is sin. This is why I don't wanna follow it, right? It's like we've talked about this before, okay? You don't just quit smoking. You don't just quit putting coffin nails in your mouth and sucking on them. Nobody does that. I mean, they do. They quit sucking on cigarettes and, and instead they start munching ice cream and potato chips because you got this thing. You want to put something in your mouth. Well, you just change it from the menthol light camel. Is that still a brand? You throw away your camels and then you buy a bag of Frito-Lay. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what people do. And they just get, you know, they turn into a potato chip aficionado and put on 40 pounds, but, but because they're all about the potato chips, next thing you know, they're, they're not addicted to nicotine anymore. Um, it's a terrible example, but it works. What I, what I wanna do is I wanna focus on my relationship with Christ, who he is, what his word says, what his promises are over my life. I want those to be made reality in me. I wanna live them. I don't want to go by how my flesh feels. I need to biblically agree with God. Verse 12 says it clear. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those, here's how you reckon, I'm alive from the dead, as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Body, I know what you want, but that's not how it's gonna roll. We're gonna serve the Lord today. You may not like it, but today you're gonna function as instruments of God. <laughs> Why? For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Uh, I just took a picture of um, uh, some notes that I had in my Bible from William Newell. I just thought, well, it'd be kind of cool to include that. It's been an encouragement to me over the years. Um, um, but, uh, and I put it on the next page on your handout there. He says, here's some things that gracious souls discover. The person that just hopes to be better, hopes to do better, fails to see themselves in Christ only. Uh, I need Christ to live his life in and through me. To be disappointed with yourself is to have believed in yourself in the first place. All I was ever gonna do in the flesh was mess up. <laughs> To be discouraged is unbelief as to God's purpose and plan of blessing for you. To be proud is to be blind because who are we before the Lord? Nobody. Christ in us is everything. So I just thought I would include that. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a bit of encouragement. 
So when we face tough things, okay, how, what, what I'm saying is how are we gonna respond? Are we gonna respond, are we gonna respond in faith? Or are we gonna respond in fear? Are we gonna move forward in obedience? Or are we gonna be discouraged and quit? Will we get depressed? Will we be mi- biblically motivated? Whenever, whenever problems arise, okay, these spiritual realities, when they're recognized, we need to stop and ask ourselves, what does the Bible say? I'm gonna believe it versus what I think or what I feel or what's going on around me. We have to think like biblicists. What does the book say? What does the Bible, what did God say about this? And so, you know, we don't have time. I'm just gonna go through this very quickly. We could go through a bunch of scenarios to illustrate this point, but to back up James on his principle last week on we protect unity, um, I wanna, give you an example from Matthew chapter 18. So here's the scenario. My brother or my sister really messed up and now we have a problem. We're sideways with each other and uh, it's a little uncomfortable in the relationship and, and I'm afraid if I do Matthew 18, what do we mean by that? Matthew 18, 15 says, moreover if thy brother trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. A few years ago, um, there's photo evidence, Will had a big problem with me. Look at that, he's, he's like Satan, he's accusing me of something. And you see that, and here I am, just my shield of faith is up. <laughs> Holding off, the end. no. Uh, he was actually crowing, I think he beat me in the race that year, and so he was bragging. Three years in a row. Okay, he was bragging, that's what that was. But we'll just say he's got a problem with me. He's accusing me there. If your brother trespasses, right, go tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, gang up on him, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. I'm afraid if I do that, if I, I'm afraid if I go confront my brother, I think that the, I think, I feel like it's gonna rupture the relationship. Okay. Just see how good that is for your relationship with your brother. Just see how good it is when you, whenever you follow, whenever you submit to that lie out of the pit of hell. Look at what the text says. I mean, the goal here is to get at what's true. Conflict can't be left to a you versus me status. It has to be us versus whatever the conflict is, right? It has to be us, what we're in conflict over versus the truth. So your brother is worth ganging up on. Notice the whole, the whole point isn't to put your brother in his place. It's to gain him, verse 15 says. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. So whatever that takes, if he won't listen to you, get some friends. Your brother is worth ganging up on in Jesus' name. How do I do that? Well, you do that in Ephesians 4, 15, 16 way. You speak the truth in love, right? You edify in love. You do it in a 2 Timothy 2 way. Uh, don't fight with them, verse 23. Don't strive, don't fight, don't, don't, don't brawl, okay? Here it is, here's how we approach our brother but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. 
If peradventure God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. The reality is, as your brother may not hear you, may not hear the church, the reality is, is it may go badly. And verse 17 is very clear on that. You know, if he neglects to hear the church, then you treat him like a lost man, as a heathen man and a publican. But the whole process here isn't just to get your brother hurt you so you're gonna hurt them, you're gonna put them in their place. No, it's to keep your brother, it's to have them in your life. If he hears you, you've gained your brother, that's the promise, you don't let a brother go. So you come to him like, hey bro, this happened, this is wrong, it hurt me or it hurt others. I don't wanna see you do damage to yourself, I don't wanna see you do damage to others, I don't wanna lose you, this has gotta get resolved. You say, I'm afraid if I do that, I won't have the relationship. Well, if you don't do that, you already don't have the relationship because you're faking it, you're both frauds. Something's ruptured in your relationship, you're not protecting unity, and you're just playing nice, and you really have, you really have ought against each other. There's really actually enmity in the relationship, and guess what, the Holy Spirit's grieved. How is this church gonna win souls if the Holy Spirit's grieved? Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit has to convict people of their sin. The Word of God has to go forth in the power of God's Holy Spirit. But God's children won't do Bible by each other. They won't actually own up to the spiritual realities that they face. So you got a church full of wussies that won't get right with each other, and the Holy Spirit's just supposed to bless that? To the extent that we're divided, that's the extent to which the Holy Spirit is grieved, and that's the extent to which this ministry is hindered. Well, it's between me and Joe. There's a lot of Joe. Okay, if your name is Joe, I'm not. It's between me and Joe, it's nobody else's business. No, your feud is grieving the Spirit. You're a part of this local body of believers. Your, fe- your feud is hindering the work here. Repent. Minister in light of biblical, true spiritual reality and go get your brother in Jesus' name. Don't let the rupture continue. Is this making sense, brothers and sisters? Okay, there's gonna be issues that come up in life. We wanna be biblicists. What does the Bible say? Let's go do that. Let's feel that. Let's think that. Let's reckon that to be true. Let's operate like God is with us and he keeps his promises. Amen? Father, I pray your blessing on my brothers and sisters, and Lord, I'm asking in Jesus' name, Lord, that we would have ears to hear. Lord, there are spiritual realities that are taking place, but we're so captivated by the world that we live in. We're so captivated by the flesh uh, that we operate in. We're so captivated by the world, its systems, its lies. We get ensnared, we get entrapped, and, and, and we end up seeing only what we can feel. We can end up seeing only what's presented to us and we don't have the ability in and of ourselves to rise above it and see what's really going on from your perspective. And so Lord, help us to be a people who cling to your promises, who are full of faith that God, you are with us. Your promises to us, they're very real. What your word says is realer than, it's realer than what we can think, it's realer than what we can see, it's realer than what we can feel. It is reality. Lord, help us to operate in light of spiritual reality. On the example that we use, Lord, if there are, are any brothers and sisters here that 
that are feuding, they're quarreling, uh, the relationship is ruptured. Lord, help them to come to a biblical reckoning over what took place, and the Lord, help them to recognize how pleased you'll be and how good it'll be for them to just move forward in faith, to move forward in light of your word. Lord, we love you. God, you've been so good to us. Help us to never lose sight of that. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.